Hello and welcome to the White Deer Filmmaking Podcast. I'm Alistair Ailton, sat here with my friend Adam Sandy, and we have Mark Wisdom in the background there on tech. So, Adam, who are we interviewing today? We are interviewing Teddy Tenenbaum and Min Sun Park, who uh, who co-wrote yes. and Teddy directed uh, the film Side Piece. And she acted in And she also acted in it. Yes. Um, and it won Best Comedy in our November-December season. It did indeed. A very interesting take on uh, modern dating life and the use of apps in dating. It was quite a... It was a very humorous piece, really, wasn't it? It was, it was a good laugh. Yep. Good few laughs. You would hope so, being best comedy. But well, yes, yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it really was good, though. Yeah, it, it made me laugh uh, all the way through, and um, it stood out. I think the the quality of it. Um, I guess also the quality of the writing as mm. well was uh, was really high in it. That yeah. contributed to. It, it just overall feeling like a really yeah. good film um, and also uh, and, and it was a great chat we had with it them was. today um, as well, really informative gave us so much insight into the, the current state of um, uh, Hollywood and, and the future of filmmaking um, and how it's different between genres how you know comedy and horror um, potentially doing quite well as genres in, in this modern age so um, so yeah, well we can't wait for you to uh, to hear it, of course. Make sure you uh, stick around to the end to hear our code of the week. We'll give you a discount to all submissions via Film Freeway. Um, anything else? I think let's get into it. Let's go for it. Okay, hope you enjoy. Thanks for joining us. Um, can you give us a, a bit of an introduction as to uh, who you are and uh, a bit of a short synopsis about your film, please? Sure. Vincent, uh, you want to introduce yourself first? Uh, yeah. Um, I am the better half of the writing team. Uh, my name is Vincent. I'm supposed to say you're the better half. You're not supposed to say that. <laughs> well, I saved you the, the trouble. Okay. Um, my name is Vincent Park, and um, I'm a screenwriter. And we generally write horror, so this is a bit of a departure for us that nobody's head exploded or nobody died in a gruesome fashion. So We can still have some after effects. That is true. That is true. Uh, I'm Teddy Tenenbaum, uh, co-writer. We're a writing team uh, most of the time, although not all the time. Uh, And uh, I'm also married. We forgot to say that. And we're married. (laughs) Yes, right. Uh, And uh, I'm also the director uh, of Side Piece, the short film. Uh, So um, it is a romantic comedy, uh, and the setup is that uh, two people have met on a unique dating app. Uh, that we don't know much about when the story opens. Uh, They're meeting for the very first time in a park, and uh, we soon discover that there's something particular about this dating app uh, that causes uh, trouble between them, uh, and that what seems to be happening is not happening. And uh, each of their stories are um, uh, kind of hidden and unspool over the course of the feature causing uh, the short causing uh, all kinds of problems in the in romantic short, comedy it's a world. Cute meat, but it's not so cute. Yeah, right. All, so. Yeah. so, what was the kind of inspiration behind creating this film? Is it? Oh boy, uh, you know, when you're a screenwriter, you spend a lot of time in internet rabbit holes. Um, 
And I guess I went down a particular click hole about modern dating. I don't know how it happened. I mean, I've been married for so long. I haven't, it wasn't for like any sort of personal research. It was just an interesting story <laughs> about, you know, the dating in the age of apps, right? How um, it's just become this like swiping culture and everybody's so disposable. So I was reading and then one click led to another. And then I read about this, um, that there's single people who actually go on um, these like married cheating websites like Ashley Madison. I don't know if you guys have that um, in the UK, we've, but we've heard it in the uh, news. Yeah, yeah, and there was like that. Sure, yeah. in the news. <laughs> there was like a recent like data breach or something like that, so it was in the news. And then um, I think one story led to another about how there's some really emotionally unavailable single types who actually use that um, as a dating app because you know you can't. I mean, you really can't get involved with somebody who's married, right? But if you like want to have easy, convenient sex without um, the strings of a relationship, people do that. And so I had an idea of how funny would it be if usually people, usually men lie about, you know, being single when they're actually secretly married. But what if the tables were turned and there was a, you know, a situation where a man or a woman pretended to be single, I mean, pretended to be married when they were actually single so that they could actually have an affair with someone else who was married. So that was like a premise that started brewing, and I told Teddy that, and he goes, "That is so sick. It's great." So, <laughs> so and it's something that we originally talked about um, writing as a feature-length script, uh, and so when we um, were uh, basically practicing filmmaking, which is what we're I'm doing as a director at the moment, uh, we just decided to take a shot and do a what could be considered a proof of concept. Although it's so different than our feature version that I don't think it really is. That it's just it was just a way for us to play with the idea, play it out. There's still the possibility that we would um, turn this into a feature idea at some point. Yeah, I think that's uh, well. That that's what short films are for, aren't they? To experiment with and mm -hmm. uh, test out ideas and stuff. And um, but did you say it's not your uh, common area to to write comedy then? So have you done anything? comedy before there's there's always some comedy in in what we do okay. um and and we together as a team we focus on horror um separately min sun has done a lot of uh humor writing for um magazine pieces online um paid blogging uh, per, uh things like that and so they were almost all humor based uh in my work i had mostly uh, separately i had mostly done Horror, thriller, science fiction. I did write one um, one comedy uh, sitcom for a network. Um, but there's always comedy as you know interwoven into the horror as a release from the tension. Yeah. Uh, so um, yeah, sometimes more obviously where we've done comedy horror, which is really just you know truly a bending uh, or mixing of the genre, and then oftentimes when we do very straight serious horror. Mm -hmm. There's just the characters bring out the humor in the story. So. And we're going back to horror next. Although I think dating sounds pretty horrifying. So it <laughs> yeah. seems to fit our, our yeah. real house. And yeah, what's more horrifying than love and relationships? <laughs> yeah. uh, I think we uh, we found it really funny. And uh, also one of those kind of things where you watch it and kind of you, you smile at the general humor of it all the way through between the kind of the laughs that come through. Um, so I, I think yeah as a as a concept it's funny um like acting wise it was funny um just the whole 
piece, uh, I think, just captured the comedy in a really nice way for us and in a really professional way as well. Um, it, it it didn't seem like amateur or anything. It seemed like, yeah, it could be, it could go on to be a feature or something like that. Um, so we what? only had one amateur actor in it, Me. and that's her. <laughs> um, yeah, and our other two actors, uh, Janess, uh, who's the female lead, um, has done a comedy pilot before, and she came in and auditioned and blew us away. She was just phenomenal. Like every facial gesture, every word was perfectly chosen. And um, our lead actor has done tons and tons of drama. Um, he won. He has an Emmy nomination for his daytime television work. Um, he's a brilliant actor. Um, we didn't know how his, what his comedy chops were, um, but he we we didn't ask him to audition. Um, we just hired him because we know he's such a fantastic actor. Uh, and um, and he uh, the first day of rehearsals, we were just blown away at his um, at his, his talent and his professionalism and his work ethic. He was just. And his comedy. Yeah, he was way overqualified for our little film. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, And he just, uh, he's just a natural comedian, and we just didn't even know it until, and putting the two of them together and them coming up with uh, their own ideas, uh, it was just magic on the set for them. So definitely chemistry happened. Yeah. So did you, uh, so you had rehearsals, um, like how much kind of, how much pre production was there in the film? How much time did you spend on that? Very little. Um, so I, I don't think I mentioned uh, said Michael Michael's name, but Michael Money is our our lead actor, and we got him the day before we started rehearsing. Um, and uh, you know, again, we're so we were so lucky to get Michael. But um, this was actually done for um, a uh, a project in a film class, uh, and um, we had two weeks from assignment to completion Uh, and um, we wrote the script over the course of a week Uh, it didn't take a week to write but you know back and forth but the actual uh, rough draft we did like over the kitchen table (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah it was pretty quick well you know the kids were doing their homework or whatever right Um, and then we knew we had we had the location we had to shoot on the location on a certain day it was at at UCLA uh, Botanical Gardens and uh, we um, you know that took a lot while to work out a few days to get them to agree to it and then we knew we had eight hours to do it they opened the gates at a certain time they closed the gates uh, after that um, at you know eight hours later and um, we didn't have our crew either so we had to crew up the whole thing in basically like four or five days um, and then we had one day to shoot so and it was we had auditions yeah that's right the auditions took two or three days days. and uh the guy that we first wanted to cast um as the lead i got another job right yeah before before. we knew michael so so then we put out a call on facebook (laughs) looking for (laughs) auditions we were so desperate and then it turned out that um, the truth is we kind of we wanted michael and we knew we had mutual facebook friends um so we hoped that they would see it and have because we felt weird asking him because he's such a you know he's a pro you know we weren't going to pay much for this uh, luckily, they, the word got to him. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm friends with his wife, Jamie, um, on Facebook, and our kids went to the same school, so, you know, luckily she slid into my DM, and it all worked out. <laughs> but it was it was a whirlwind. Like, I've never 
I don't ever want to do it that way again. It was <laughs> way too little time. It was crazy. And the way we were being, yeah, and we were being kicked out of the park when they were closing too. We had like three shots left. And uh, so the AD went around, you know, tried to convince the guy to let us, oh, we're, we're actually unpacking or we're, we're bringing everything back and we're still shooting we're still in the background. <laughs> and so we got an extra half hour out of it. It was nuts. So, I mean, I'd be very interested to know, actually, guys, um, what do you feel are the sort of fundamental differences um, between, say, writing and directing a thriller and a horror, which is like normally where you guys are around, and comedy, writing comedy and directing comedy? What do you feel were the, the main differences about um, taking on a comedy? Oh, boy. Um... <laughs> It's interesting because I feel personally that I think horror is very, very difficult. Um, I think it's devilishly hard. I think Roald Dahl once said that that was like the hardest genre of writing. Um, and I agree. It's Part of it is because everything's been done and seen before, so the shock value and factor, is, it gets old really quickly. So you're always having to reinvent and come up with new scares. Um, and I think with comedy, there's, I don't know, there's just... it. Maybe because it was a departure for us, it just felt refreshing and it just came easier. Um, we weren't sitting around going, oh no, that's not how people die. We should, you know, he totally should have his head chopped off this way. Or, you know, we don't get into these arguments about the best way to kill somebody. Um, in public, in <laughs> cafes, in Starbucks. Yeah. And we get yeah. people kind of moving to tables further away from us. Yeah, I'm surprised we haven't been arrested yet. Um, because, you know, you, these, these, these disagreements can get kind of heated, you know? And, uh, but with the romantic comedy, I felt it was a lot. I don't know. It just felt easier, don't you think? You know, I, yeah. I, I, for me, I feel like um, breaking the story for horror is much harder than breaking a comedy story because with comedy, it's it's just about human relationships, and um, the story itself is mostly about um, confusion and you know. Um, mistakes and and people saying the wrong thing or you know misunderstandings misunderstandings acting one way when you really feel another way um so that's you know kind of so such a part of our regular everyday lives that coming up with a story isn't necessarily as hard as horror where you have to create a whole new world rules supernatural worlds usually uh and um, that can be far more complicated has to be far more believable comedy doesn't have to necessarily be believable in terms of the story it's the humans the characters that have to be believable where and then, but when you get to the writing stage, it feels like comedy is a lot ha harder because obviously getting laughs is incredibly difficult. Whereas scaring people feels a little bit easier. Um, at least once you have the scenario, it's it's um, it's very much kind of a standard practice as to how to play a suspense scene. Once you know what's going to happen, writing it doesn't feel as hard as coming up with the jokes. It's true. The jokes are hard. Uh, but scares are hard too. So yeah. being funny and being scary, they're both identical. Yeah, I think it's remarkably similar. Um, I think that the visceral reaction that people get from a joke when they laugh out loud, they can't control their mirth, is not dissimilar from the visceral reaction when people scream. Um, there have been, you know, um, I think that it's uh, Jane Goodall showed that um, chimpanzees uh, often um, their smile is actually a sign of aggression. It's meant to scare others off. And that's where human smiles may have come from. Um, so I actually think that these are incredibly deep uh, emotional reactions and um, that, uh, uh, that come out of surprise, both for fear and for horror and for comedy. Um, so I think that they're remarkably similar um, and they both give release to your audience. Um, when it comes to directing it, however, 
um, it feels like it's, it's a lot different. And we're about to start another short film, one that we're going to spend a lot of time and, and a lot of money on as compared to the first one, uh, that is very much a proof of concept. Um, and I'm going to be directing that. Um, blocking out the comedy direction, it felt like, aside from just giving the actors room to play and have fun and be themselves and get the laughs out that way, um, we tried to come up with shots that were comic themselves, even though there's not too much of that because we didn't have a lot of time and we didn't have a lot of time to set up shots. Um, but when it comes to the horror shots that we're setting up, a lot of them, I, I didn't care about how pretty the shots were. In the um, in the comedy, uh, I, I would have liked to, but I never really have time. And, and anyway, I really want to give the actress room to move. But for the horror, we're really working out how beautiful each shot should be. Um, you know, it's, it's more like a Scorsese approach versus a Woody Allen approach, I would think. So, um, so I think they're vastly different when it comes to the directing. But the pacing is similar. I mean, with a joke, it's like set up, set up tension, right. and then deliver yeah, and absolutely. release. And then same thing with. You know, a horror scene, it's like set up, set up, set up, set up, tension, release. So mm. whether you're laughing or screaming or crying, it's all a, like a, a release of tension. Yeah, I've, I've heard as well that um, horror and comedy are quite similar in terms of timing, that it's all kind of mm. based on the, the, the timing of uh, a joke or the timing of a, a scare kind of thing. So I guess right. that might be a similarity. Yeah, which will come down to, I think, the editing um, I know our first cut, there were a lot of opportunities we missed in terms of how to pace the humor and how to edit that. And I edited this this myself. I'm not going to be editing the horror. Um, we have a you know a, a very experienced editor who's going to be doing that. Um, but I think that the um, editing is incredibly crucial in in both of those. So kind of uh, so is directing a route that you're wanting to push forward with more and uh, trying to do more of in the future then yeah i mean it's the you know it's the oldest hollywood saw that um you know what i really want to do is direct uh and that's how i got into writing uh years ago was um i figured i'd write some scripts and then hopefully have the opportunity to direct um but then it just you know the writing lifestyle is a lot easier or had, there's more time afforded to you and personal you can stop whenever you want and you take care of your kids, you know, enjoy life uh, with directing. When you're directing a feature or directing television, you know, those days are insane for weeks on end and you have no time. So um, I worked on a number of television shows. Uh, and when it was my episode that I had written, I would be on set all day with the director. And I was watching the directors and thinking, hey, that job sucks <laughs> compared to writing. And I'm just sitting there watching and enjoying it. And, you know, that's Later where yeah, they're making all their decisions. And, and, and that's the hard work. And that, I think I just kind of floated away from it. But um, Hollywood has become a pretty strange place. Over the last 15 years, things have really changed. Um, you know, there was a time when... Um, it seemed like uh, a good way to direct was to write scripts and eventually say, well, I want to I direct this one. Um, now, it's backwards. Now, a good way to write, to get your written movie made, is to say, well, I'm a director, so I'll be the one to, to direct. Because they're always looking. It's hard to find directors. It's incredibly difficult to find directors. Um, and um, people often don't buy a script because there's no director attached, no one with a vision. So uh, we decided to kind of switch gears, and we have a couple of scripts that are out to directors. We have scripts that directors have been attached to that have kind of fallen through at one point or other. Uh, and so we decided that it might be easier to sell our next script if it's something that we come on board as a director, which I always thought was the 
craziest thing. No one wants a first-time director. Uh, you know, they, you, you want someone who you know is going to hit it out of the park. Um, but actually, things are starting to change, and short films is a great way into that because if you can prove in the short film, obviously, that you have talent as a director, and that film shows a concept that seems you know, marketable to uh, to a, a financier then or a studio, then it seems like oftentimes the best way, especially now, this has been happening a lot in the last few years, the best way to get your your story told is um, make a short film proof of concept of it and see if you can sell it that way. So um, that's kind of that's what we're embarking on. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. Uh, w- would you say that you're working in kind of the Hollywood system or working just outside of the Hollywood system, maybe? Like just because uh, you get kind of uh, progressing up the ranks kind of thing. But I guess if you're trying to make a short then maybe you can kind of get in get in somewhere up the ranks slightly maybe how do you feel yeah i mean i well i've always worked within the hollywood system from the very start my you know my first i never got to do independent films um i i started working as assistants on major studio productions both television and features right from the start that's how i started um my i've never had managers or rep- or agents who work within the indie system so and i've always been interested in it i mean as as, as another option but i've always gone through I mean, you know i have studio meetings i get assignments i've written so many sequels and remakes because that's all the studios want to do um and um uh, i'm i feel like i don't know enough about independent financing and i'm starting to learn more and more about it um but i think our first shot is probably we're going to try to do it in two ways. One, we'll have our agents go through the normal process of sending this short that we're going to finish out to studios and then probably pitching the feature version of it in meetings with them. Um, but uh, I know that a ton of horror movies are being made and independently financed these days and having a short out on the festival circuit and hopefully having some success with it uh, is a way to get seen by by financiers that way as well. So. I think we're probably going to be doing that two-pronged approach uh, simultaneously. I think we kind of went about it backwards. Um, most people are trying to break in, right? And then they create a short film or whatever. I think it's funny because we've been professional writers. You know, we have agent managers. We've worked, made a living doing this. And then I think because of the way Hollywood has changed so much um, that we've decided that we wanted to create some more autonomy and control over our product. And also... Honestly, everything that's in theaters is just like sequels or, you know, remakes or books that they've, you know, acquired. Nothing really original anymore, right? So we just kind of got burnt out with like going up for the same job that everybody's going up for. And we wanted to actually see something that we had a vision for on camera. Just wanted to see it. You know, it would be refreshing for a change instead of doing, we've been through the development hell process and. We just wanted to take control and do something that we had total control of from beginning to end. And it was just really gratifying, you know? Except for the part where we're using our own money. That part is not not so gratifying. We like getting paid. I mean, you know, exposure doesn't pay the rent. But, you know, at the end of the day, we're also creatives. And it was just nice to be creative, you know, and have no other agenda except just to, you know, enjoy the whole reason we were doing this in the first place you know i think that's a really common uh thing for people to feel even if um 
maybe they're doing kind of like corporate filmmaking and stuff like that you can get burnt out doing that side of it and then uh and then kind of the release of being able to do something that that doesn't have an agenda is uh really big and we often see people either making stuff within kind of a studio system or taking the complete independent route and financing stuff themselves um and occasionally there's a bit of a crossover if they've managed to get some kind of funding from somewhere uh but i'd say in our experience of talking to people on this podcast um it's kind of few and far between where it's been a funded project it's either been their own money or maybe uh crowdfunding or something like that uh but it is the themes are generally the same aren't they it's it's people enjoying having that like you guys were saying the creative autonomy over over projects. I mean, what I'd be very interested to know, because obviously it, it works slightly differently in the UK than it does in the US. I mean, um, do you think that is the future for Hollywood? That it is it is going to break apart and it will become a series of um, independent filmmakers and smaller production companies producing original content? I mean, could it? Or is it just going to be Disney from yeah. now on? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, number two. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think. I mean, you know, obviously the industry is under uh, is uh, experiencing all kinds of turmoil right now, mainly because of the streamers, um, which have not been bad for creatives. Um, when it was just Netflix, it had didn't have that much of an impact. But now that it's Disney Plus and Hulu is, you know, spending more money, and Apple and Amazon are all in the game. Um, the need for content has exploded, mostly in television, or at least mostly in series, um, but um, but also in in feature films. And um, where it's, it's strange for filmmakers, I think, to not get to experience the event-like feeling you get when your film comes out in the theaters or when your your show broadcasts on every television in the United States at the same time. Um, at least you are getting things made and people are getting paid to do that. Um, and I don't think that, you know, independents continue to struggle. Independent financing continues to struggle. You'll have a few companies like Neon and A24, which, you know, seem to be doing the best and, and everybody else, you know, comes and goes and goes out of business. And even mini studios, you know, they'll pop up and they'll seem to be doing great for five or 10 years. And then they have a couple of flops and, and that they're gone. So I don't, I would be surprised to see independent you know, become incredibly successful, except as a feeder to streamers. Um, and I think that's going to happen more and more. Um, but I don't think, you know, that the streamers kind of want to do it two ways. And I know that Netflix likes to buy things uh, that are already made because then they don't have to put the production money in and they can get it cheaper. Um, but at the same time, they also know that they have to constantly create content because they, you know, they're kind of trying to create subscriptions. They just need more and more subscriptions. That's their model. Um, so I don't, think things are going to go the independent route just because it costs people more money and um, it's more of a risk for individuals. Um, but I really hope that there's more and more success on the on the independent. I mean, I think horror has helped that a lot. Uh, you know, a lot of companies like A24 is a good example. I think maybe Neon's a good example too, where they seem to be very successful in mixing kind of uh, independent fare with low-budget horror. You know, uh, elevated, low-budget horror. And it's a good way for them to 
minimize their risk a little bit because they know that they're going to sell more tickets with horror than they are probably with independence. So I'd love to see that continue. And Minnesota and I really like, and it's getting to be kind of a, a, a you know, a cliched phrase, but we don't want to write horror unless it's elevated, unless there's, you know, something really behind it, something that's some, um, uh, an uh, analogy to you know modern society or or cultural issues, things that people are going through, and Get Out helped launch relaunch that. Uh, and I think that that's what people really want, which is great because that's what we want to write. Um, but there will always be a place for just plain old scary horror too. Uh, kind of me. I think I've heard that uh, horror as a first-time filmmaker, first-time director kind of route is uh, one of the cheaper genres to kind of create which i guess is part of the reason for what you're talking about of that uh it's becoming a a route in for directors uh just because it's it's a bit cheaper to make and i guess comedy also kind of fits into that bracket as well you can create uh comedy fairly cheaply i'd say um mm. it, it's the kind of big budget sci-fi big um, action kind of things that are the the harder ones to create now. I think that uh, might be maybe not as represented in that uh, entry level first time director area, but I think it's uh, good. Well, it, it's great if that's what you want to do, and it also lines up with being a fairly reasonable route to uh, hopefully getting in and, and directing stuff and. Uh, and uh, as you build up the trust, I guess uh, you, you will be able to get those opportunities and uh, and write and direct um, what what you want to do really. So that that sounds great, really. But it's it is. Uh, I guess it's we don't have as much of that kind of uh, experience with what we do being quite indie. Uh, filmmaking kind of of um having that relationship with the studio and uh being at that level where we're taking stuff to studios and stuff so it's really interesting to hear kind of like your perspectives on that and i think most yeah. of the people that we've interviewed haven't uh had that perspective as well so um i think it'll be really interesting for people to hear about that yeah. your but i would i would say though that what i'm thinking that one of the things i think is great about making short films is that you get a, a, an opening to studios that equalizes you with everybody else. So we don't have any advantage over, you know, a filmmaker from Brazil, a filmmaker from the UK, a student filmmaker that, um, to, to getting our film seen. We don't have any advantage over them to getting studio executives to watch their film. Um, once you get into the film circuit, uh, the film festival circuit, rather it's, um, it's it equalizes the playing field is completely leveled um, so that um, any filmmaker from anywhere who makes uh, something of quality and gets into some festivals um, can be seen at the sa at the same level and the same interest level as uh, as someone who's worked in the Hollywood system for years. Um, I think the the uh, the only place that there's uh, a hierarchy in that is in the film festivals themselves. Um, and there's not, a, I don't think there's a ton of it. I mean, there's, you know, this level and everybody else. If you're, um, and there's only three or four places on, you know, up here. If you get into Cannes or, or, or Sundance or Slamdance, um, 
every executive is going to be watching everything that comes out of that. Um, and it's, you know, I heard a story the other day, which is a ridiculous story, but um, someone was told by their so a filmmaker was told by their agent uh, they, when they didn't get into Sundance, oh, your career's over, which is insane. You know, <laughs> one festival doesn't make, it can make you, but it certainly isn't going to break you by not being in it. Um, so, uh, and I would hire that, or fire that agent, you know, as soon as they said that. Um, but once you get into the, there's so many amazing uh, uh, festivals like yours and new festivals starting, you know, working their way up as well. Um, and if you can have make a good showing in a few festivals, uh, the executives are watching those. They're looking to see who, who the winners are, um, and uh, they're watching those on them on their own. So, um, kind of that being discovered, that old uh, Hollywood uh, story of being discovered in a drugstore, you know, the actress. Um, that that in a way, film festivals are, are a way to to make that happen in modern times. Well, I think that's reassuring uh, for for us as well, uh, being kind of making short films and uh, and yeah, that's that sounds good, and I'm sure that'll reassure a lot of other people as well. So, <laughs> thanks for thanks for that. Sure, sure. <laughs> I mean, the the one caveat to that is that um, genre still matters. Um, that um, it's harder to break out with a beautiful little drama than it is with a hilarious comedy or a, a scary horror film. Um, because in the end, studios still want something they can sell. And they are much more likely to see a genre piece that uh, is a clearly marketable, um, broad audience, you know, four-quadrant movie out of a piece of film that's a genre than they are from a great little drama. So that's, and I, I see a ton of filmmakers who are great drama filmmakers making horror or comedy. I think partly because of that, but I also think partly because they have a secret love of the genre that has been, you know, that a lot of people have been embarrassed to admit for many years. And I don't think you have to be embarrassed to admit it anymore. I think that it's, there's a lot of art in, in genre filmmaking. Right, horror suddenly become I don't know if it'll ever be highbrow, but I think Jordan Peele has helped yeah, elevate sure. the genre to something more respectable. Yeah. Um, Ari Aster as well. Right. So that part is great, actually. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's no shame in my game. I mean, I love horror and I love <laughs> all of it. But, you know, people still see it as kind of the, what do you call it? A the lesser. Stepchild. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it doesn't have, it's like no one's going to ever win an Oscar for uh, or you never know. Well, and the Silence of the Lambs uh, in nineteen, yeah, yeah, whatever, ninety two. That's remember, kind but, of a hybrid, though. Yeah, and it's it's, but I think it's going to become a more and more commonplace. You know, and Jordan Peele won for best screenplay. So, um, and then of course, some people would say that um, Parasite's a horror movie. Uh, I don't, I wouldn't exactly mm -hmm. qualify it that way, but there was a lot of talk about that, and for sure, it has horror elements for yeah, sure. Yeah. So I think we're at the dawn of great horror. You know? Yeah, I think so. And, and we're also seeing that uh, just in our festival alone as well. Um, we've spoken to a couple of horror directors uh, as well and uh, doing, I guess, trying to do something their own way in the same way that Jordan Peele is as well. And um, so that it's kind of interesting seeing how uh, people are, are trying to put their own stamp on the genre as it's uh, as it's growing a bit and um and we really like that uh, ourselves to see something a bit different with uh with horrors especially and with any film really just something that stands out isn't it and that that's what the executives i guess are looking for as well uh 
albeit something that is gonna make them some money as well obviously but uh yeah that's <laughs> that's always gonna yeah, be the I, case <laughs> yeah i mean there, there are two different things that people are looking for i mean a lot of uh, directors will get signed to agencies and managers because they're just quality you know you can just see how great they are and they have a great voice um but then there's the secondary uh, well, I don't know if it's secondary, but the other consideration, which is, do they see a movie in it? And, um, you know, I, we see a lot of concept, uh, proof of concept films, short films, where you can see how this would play out over 10 minutes, but you can't see how this would play out over 120 minutes. And I think that's that's kind of the key to um, to making a short proof of concept film is the viewer has to be really clear about what the movie would be if this were a feature-length film, and they have to want more, obviously. Yeah. <clears throat> well, guys, we're just very aware of the time, um, so we've just got two very small couple of questions left, uh, if that's all right. So we like to ask everyone this. Um, in both of your um, experiences, what wisdom can you pass on or advice to any aspiring writers, directors, or anybody looking to start their first film? Oh, wow. Do you want to go or shall I go? Uh, I would just say, um, do not rush the process <laughs> like <laughs> we did. Uh, take your time. Do a shot list. If you're the director, do a shot list. Um, draw some um, storyboards before you go. Um, show your shot list to as many people as you can, especially other you know other filmmakers, really only other filmmakers, and um, but particularly directors. Um, and... Um, don't rush the shoot either. And also add whatever you, time you think it's going to take to shoot, add 30% because it's always going to take 30% more. Um, I think my advice would be geared towards writers, um, especially with, you know, all the self-doubt and the personal demons that you battle every time you sit in front of a, a computer. I think that um, one of the best writing tips I ever got from another writer friend was just if you get intimidated with the writing process, just give yourself permission to just sit down for like 10 minutes, like you can set a timer. And all you have to do is sit down for 10 minutes and just start. It doesn't have to be good. You don't even have to write a word, but just set that time for yourself. And then when I do that, I've discovered that after 10 minutes, I'm generally willing to sit for longer and then longer and then longer. And then over time, it just becomes this habit. So for me, it's like with working out or with doing anything in life, how you feel, your motivation is not important. You got a job to do. You just do it. Don't overthink it. You're gonna have good days. You're gonna have bad days. But feeling your feelings are overrated. If you don't feel like writing, if you don't feel like doing anything, too bad. Suck it up. Do it anyways. I mean, I know you're creative, and you're like, oh, but I, I'm not inspired. That's not important. It's just, it's like a muscle. You just gotta work it. And some days it's just gonna be easier than others. Yeah, I think it's kind of like tricking your brain into starting, and then it kind of carries on once you once you have got started um mm. uh and and also lastly uh kind of what's your both of your kind of like uh aims and uh, future ambitions uh, what's what's your kind of like north star at the moment what are you heading for in the next kind of maybe 5 years something like that hmm. Well, I mean, we've got this short film we want to uh, get up in a couple of months. So we're going to probably start funding for that. And this is very much a proof of concept. And we hope to sell it as a feature film. I want to direct it. Uh, then if, um, if we have any luck with that, or even if 
we can set it up even uh, without uh, before we get a chance to to shoot it. Um, we wrote a script a couple years ago that we optioned to Sony. That's now back. We own the rights to it again, and I think we'd love to get back to that and another horror film. And I'd love to direct that. We wrote another thing that we're out to directors on. That's kind of a western horror film or prairie horror film. It takes place in the um, the the western prairies of the United States in the 19th century and um uh we're out to directors on that we've got some interest but i think it'd be fun if we did that instead and took it back ourselves and uh potentially did that but i i think i think it's going to be uh, i think we'd like to spend the next five years a co- doing a combination of potentially directing things and just writing things that we're happy to have someone else uh take the reins on um but um uh probably horror and um, I think we'll go back to well, comedy and romantic comedy as well. So. Yeah, I think we're on the course that we want to stick on for the next five years. We'll see. But I've also learned that you just, you never know what's going to happen. We're just trying to be in the moment, enjoy every moment as it comes along. And, you know, right now there's this like um, thing going on with the Writers Guild. And um, I don't know if you guys know about it in the news, but we've all had to fire our agents um, over like a, Teddy can describe it better. I can't describe it. It's like a, it's been going on for a while, so... Yeah, it's better to just Google it. Yeah, just Google it. <laughs> Writers Guild fights with agents. Yeah, um, so that's a dispute that's been going on. So things have been in limbo for a long time, so... And we're about to head... The Writers Guild's about to head into, as is the Directors Guild, uh, it's tri, three, every three years. Is there a name for every three years? Like triannual? That would be three times a year. I don't know what it is. Uh, the um, a, the uh, contract negotiations um, for the main contract that the Writers Guild Union works uh, uses uh, works under with the studios and there's talk of a potential strike which I don't think is going to happen but you know that just leading up to it always causes a lot of turmoil so the next few months are probably all up in the air anyway which is a great time to make short film mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe a short film about coronavirus I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> keep it topical yeah <laughs> keep it topical yeah right. so well that that's great um is there anywhere that where people can follow you uh on social media websites anything like that if they want to keep up to date with what you're doing yeah we have our individual um uh various social media feeds um minson is uh what's your instagram again oh yeah it's at minson 10 so m-i-n-s-u-n number 10 uh, and then, um, and my personal Instagram is Teddy T Bomb. Actually, T E D D Y T B A U M, Teddy T Bomb. <laughs> um, but our but side piece has um, Twitter and uh, Instagram. Uh, on Twitter, it's side piece M uh, for movie. It just got cut off, and <laughs> it was too late to fix it. <laughs> uh, our Instagram is side piece movie. Our Facebook is side piece movie for that. And then um, we'll probably be using that to help launch uh, our horror film, short film as well. So, Excellent. Well, thanks very much for your time today. Thank you very much. Thank it's you great being here. Us. Cheers. Well, thanks for listening and watching. Um, I thought that was a really interesting episode, Absolutely. personally. Yeah. Um, I think people will uh, get a lot from it. Mark has two thumbs up. It's all for Michael. Michael Money. Oh. Mark so, likes uh, the lead actor in it. I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with you. No. Because I'm glad that they uh, 
they saw in him what I do. I just think he's really good. Yeah, but I, I think he's a funny guy. Yeah. And obviously, as they, as they said in it, that they realised how funny he was yeah. on set kind mm -hmm. of thing. Yeah. Um, it must have been great to see that actually happening yeah. in person mm. uh, because it was great to watch. Mm. And they're not wrong, the, uh, the comedy, comedy, chemistry. <laughs> it's like comedy chemistry. No, it's really, really strong, really strong. And that takes both actors to, to bring that. So um, it's not all about Michael. So it, you know, it is a, an ensemble piece. And you can tell that everyone on set really? was there to do a good job. Yeah. Just everyone involved really doing good work, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. It was great. So yeah, um, yeah, good film, good film, definitely one worth watching. So that was Side Piece, which won Best Comedy at our November December season. And uh, and I would recommend following them on social media, like mm -hmm. they said, to uh, to get updates yeah. on lots of their exciting new film. projects coming up. Um, yeah, from uh, horror to comedy, um, it's a good range that they direct uh, together. So yeah, I would like to see. Uh, one of the horrors, mm, I think. Yeah, that would be good. Coming from yeah. um, us having just seen their comedy, yeah. I think uh, it would be very interesting be to see what they a do nice with horror. nice contrast, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, should we do a code? Oh, let's go for it. Mark wants us to get on with it. All I think right. he's got somewhere to be. Yeah. <laughs> let's, uh, let's uh, I'll tell you, and you can write it down. Um, on, your on your touchscreen device, if you, if you have one. Paper. Or on your paper, use a pen. Or pencil. Yep. W D P O D T T three nine six. That's W D P O D T T three nine six. Brilliant. And I that's ten percent off for the duration of of the week. Yep. Uh, and uh, as yeah. always, make sure you. Uh, Follow us on all social media channels. And if you want to be part of this uh, filmmaking experience, uh, make sure you submit your films to the White Deer International Film Festival, which can be found Free. on Film Freeway. Film Freeway. That's the one. That That's was a ticket. good That was a good one, Mark, wasn't it? What? A good ending? Yeah. Solid. Professional. Solid. Smooth. Well, you've, you've end Yeah, and you should have... You should have ended. Strong. Right, we should have ended we then. Maybe we should, should have, have ended. We cut. cut <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. We've, we've ruined a good ending. <laughs> um, Do it all again. Goodbye. Goodbye. Take it easy.